0: I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited about today's episode of Beauty Bosses. We have Amanda Baldwin, the president of Supergoop here welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. This is really fun and cool because as we were talking about offline, Super Goop has really exploded in the past few years as like a hip sunscreen brand. Yeah. A, lot go- a lot going
1: on for sure. It's been super exciting and even more exciting about what's yet to come.
0: So. Oh, very nice. Okay, so you were saying that you've been with the company for about three years. Mm-hmm. That's right. And... Mm-hmm. Under what circumstances did you join Supergoop?
1: You know, one of those those times when you pick up the telephone and you didn't realize what a life-changing phone call was at the other end, um, uh, Supergoop had taken on some outside funding, and I think our founder, Holly Thaggard, who's a wonderful person, had decided that it was time to have somebody that could kind of run the company for her so she could continue to focus on what only a founder can do. Uh, and so I got a headhunter call, That's the honest goodness truth, someone I'd known for a long time, um, was really enjoying my career doing what I was doing before. I've been in the beauty and finance world, kind of back and forth over, over my entire career, uh, but fell in love with the brand, uh, fell in love with Holly's mission, always been a skincare junkie, always believed passionately in SPF, and quite frankly, I'd always spent my time walking around wondering why everything didn't have SPF in it. Um, So, you know, it all makes sense now, uh, in hindsight, kind of how I ended up in this business. But I just really believe that what we're doing has the opportunity to change the world uh, for the better, which is obviously a really exciting way to wake up every morning uh, and also build a great business and a great brand. So uh, I think both my head and my heart uh, went for it.
0: That's very cool. What were you doing before Supergoop?
1: I worked at a, a consumer private equity fund called L. Catterton um, across the portfolio. Worked with a lot of their different businesses. I've always, um, like I said, been in a mix of both finance and the beauty industries. A lot of how do I take a business digital has always been kind of the pattern, super entrepreneurial and everything I've done. But this is definitely my first, pretty much build it from the build it from a very early stage um, experience, which has been awesome.
0: That's amazing. Um, When you started out at Supergoop, what was the climate of the business like?
1: We were an amazing idea, uh, a passionate founder, a real, I think, knack for product development, uh, and a shelf in about 100 Sephoras, uh, and the rest has been built from there. Um, It's really amazing to watch, you know, we've built a really strong relationship with our retail partners, we've dramatically expanded the product line, We've built an incredible team, a lot of great marketers. We've gotten out there and told the story. I think we're really at the forefront of changing people's attitudes towards SPF, and we've even gone international in the last couple of years. So, everything. That's a <laughs> so, lot of change. Yeah. Um, how,
0: many, how many SKUs or products are there in the company? We right have now?
1: about between 25 and 30, depending upon if you count every shade and size of things. Uh, so, it's a pretty tight lineup. Uh, But, you know, everything that we make has SPF in it. It's our belief that it's not skincare if it's not protecting you from the one aggressor that I'm sure you know as a physician is getting you every single day. Uh, So everything is built on that foundation. But we take that category and have really been the ones to push the envelope in it. And it's all motivated by the idea of everybody should wear SPF every single day. How do I think about the products that are going to encourage you to use it, woo you to use it, inspire you to use it, not sort of scare you or scold you into use it. And that's very much our entire brand philosophy, our entire product development philosophy. So pretty unusual in the category. In fact, I think, you know, I've I've now traveled the globe. um, And what has been really exciting is that everywhere I've sat and, you know, some of the most, you know, every corner of the world... People's responses to this is oh my gosh this is so unique and this is exactly what I've been looking for
0: that's very cool um, are most of your sales done through retail partners or mm-hmm. direct-to-consumer
1: most through retail partners were a business that grew up in wholesale I'm a big believer in the power of partners like a Sephora Blue Mercury Nordstrom uh, they can help tell your story. I think they have a client there who's looking for the best options in skincare. We also do have um, some physicians that we work with on a very um, sort of unique basis, and um, yeah. You know, so we're really looking for people that can help tell our story. We have certainly built a direct consumer business since I started. As obviously, buying directly online is really important, and even with our retail partners, significant portion of our sales is going through their online channels, but. You know, we really want to meet him or her where they are at that sort of decision point around their skincare choices.
0: How did you guys um, react to all of the papers and the medical literature and, like, kind of the news stories about um, chemical sunscreens not being good for you? Because a lot yeah. of the products contain chemical sunscreen agents that are kind of on, like, no-fly lists right now.
1: So there's a lot of nuances to this. Yeah. Um, the first thing that we believe is that there are times and places for both chemical and mineral sunscreens, but we do not believe that all chemical sunscreens are created equal. So we were the first brand to not we never had oxybenzone in our formulas. That was Holly's first and very important insight. Um, was her mother was actually breast cancer survivor, so when she was formulating that first formula, we never used oxybenzone. Uh, will be octinoxate free by next year based on some of the regulations happening um, in Hawaii. But we do firmly believe that there are safe and effective chemical sunscreen actives out there that are very important for formulating, ingredients, uh, formulating products that are either invisible, which is very important if you have a darker skin tone, if yeah, you want certain effects on the skin that people just want in order to encourage daily use. Also really important if you are an athlete or somebody who's sweating a lot, can't sweat through a mineral sunscreen so we see a lot of gray and nuances in that i think the press has certainly blanketed it all as one statement no but i mean Um, it's not i mean
0: i think you make a really good point but it's not the press is reporting on the medical literature so i think like that's kind of what what the medical community is saying more and i mean i
1: spent a lot of time with dermatologists the aad it's actually not what the medical community is saying uh it's really something that was to you know if we want to go back to the beginning they said they want to see the proof that chemical sunscreens that full list there's about eight or nine of them on that list um, are safe because some of the testing has never been done. That's a very different thing than saying the medical community doesn't support this. So, you know, the AAD has sanctioned all of these ingredients, um, from the get-go. Um, and so there's, you know, there's work to still be done. We've spent a lot of time in Washington, D.C., interacting with the different organizations that are at the forefront of this, and we embrace it. We think it's really important. Um, and we know that sunscreens aren't about just what's in the 10% of the formula that is your sunscreen active, the place that we really also believe passionately in is clean across the board. Um, so we're supporters of the Personal Care Cosmetics Act, and we, you know, we look at the full ingredient list. So we are huge, huge, huge believers in doing the right thing by the formula. We just think that if you can't formulate with chemical sunscreens, you restrict your ability get people to wear sunscreen every single day and when you think about the instance of skin cancer impacting one in five people it's really important that we think about all the different issues at hand and balance them in an appropriate way
0: yeah not using anything at all is probably the worst so but just in terms of like keeping keeping um, all options open that's just something that that I that I wonder about also with all of the brands out there because um, as science changes, how do we get consumer brands to respond and, um, you know, in a, in a timely way?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's people that have allergic reactions to mineral sunscreen. So, again, I don't think it's quite as black and white as mineral only. Um, you know, I think it's about what you're going to wear. Um, we formulate, if people want 100% mineral, we have 100% mineral, the cleanest of the clean type of product. But we get feedback, and we spend a lot of time with consumers saying, like, I won't wear this. Like, it's, you know, just, again, especially darker skin tones, people who have um, athletic endeavors, like, they're just, those aren't compatible with that. And so to say you have to use this or nothing, I think, is sort of a very think puts people in a tough position um and again like we think that there's got to be options we offer all of them we don't pass judgment on what an individual wants to do so if that's something that is point of view of you as a physician then we would say great we've got thing screen a matte screen all these formulas that are great mineral yeah. options and then for the people who are like you know I, it's imperative to me that i don't see this on my skin and that's the only thing i'm going to use you know to your point what's the best thing possible is that it's not the same thing as sunscreen, yeah. right?
0: And actually, a lot of times the dogma that um, that you'll hear in the medical community is the best sunscreen is the one exactly that you're actually is. gonna put on mm-hmm, your face. Mm-hmm. And if
1: you're not gonna use it, then it doesn't make a difference. And I think that's our biggest concern with all of it is that it was painted as so black and white, and that we yeah. got a lot of inbound questions about like, should I still wear sunscreen? And you know, obviously the answer is yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's really interesting. I think actually, probably listeners will find that interesting too, because everything seems so black and white until you crack it open, and then it's like you you know that's interesting to be in the in the
1: throes of something like this. Um, I think it has given me a newfound appreciation for digging deeper when I read a headline.
0: What do you guys have planned in terms of like the future of Supergroup?
1: A uh, little bit of all the things that have gotten us to where we are now. I mean, product innovation is the lifeblood of what we do. I think we're always thinking about what's new science, new ways that people are thinking about protecting their skin, new people, new types of product, new formats, new textures, like all these things. So we love that. It's one of the things that I enjoy the most. Uh, Definitely continuing to educate people and and get the word out there. I mean, the statistics that I've seen are still that 84% of women don't use sunscreen on a daily basis. It kind of is mind-blowing. And so how do we continue to educate people? We've moved the needle, but we certainly have a lot more to go. Uh, and then obviously, you know, sort of this whole idea of like what we have we believe is unique around the world. And how do we, as a small company with, you know, we're about a little over 40 people, actually do that on a global scale. Um, it's, you know, super exciting, really fun, and figuring out how to do that is definitely something I'm spending a lot of time
0: on right now. How do you think Supergoop became popular when it hit its moment of inflection from about three or four years ago to now. Was it? I think it like, always had yeah. this
1: sort of magic to it. I think that it, it's, you know, I come from a marketing background, but you have to tell people your story. I think the story was always a very powerful one. Uh, and I think the product, we, we also had, we launched some of the like right product. So we had found product that really resonated with uh, consumers that they wanted to actually use it. Um, they adopted it as a part of their routine so that plus the marketing to kind of get the word out that that's the inflection point it all has to happen at the same time I think you can't have great product and not the best marketing and you can't have great marketing without good product that people are going to actually be like oh wow that really was as good as the picture on Instagram uh so I think you have to have kind of both happen at the same time and that's that's the magic of it
0: of Instagram, have you found that social media marketing has moved the needle for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's sort of, you know, it's, it's the megaphone that I think this
1: brand, quite honestly, didn't have when it first launched. So, you know, if you sort of wonder, you know, why now? I think it has to do with team and what we're able to do, but it's also the toolkit that's available now to a young brand um, and your ability to kind of scale your voice. If you have the talent that I do on my team, it's certainly not me doing that every day, uh, I think is... You know that's a big game changer. I think it's sort of totally sent shockwaves to the the beauty industry in terms of like what voice you have as a young brand is really powerful.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's so neat because it really skips a lot of steps in relaying your message. Right, you used to have to go through a lot of different yeah, levels you know, of had to, to
1: be big enough to put a magazine ad in Vogue magazine, right? And that requires certain skills, certain investment it was a big barrier to entry for young brands. Uh, so I think that's changed a lot. I think having partnership with a, a partner like Sephora has changed life for young brands. You know, they can give you scale and a megaphone that you just never would have had in a world that was dominated by a department store counters. So it's really amazing. I mean, I grew up in the industry, you know, I started it in 2004, so it's been, you know, 15 years and it's amazing what, what, drove the industry then. The fundamentals of great product, great brand, those never change, but the toolkit that you have to use is definitely favors um, the, you know, entrepreneurial and the scrappy, I think.
0: Um how big is Supergoop as a company? Like how many employees do you guys have?
1: We're a little over forty people. Uh and growing you know, we're we're showing triple digit growth these days, so it's pretty exciting.
0: Oh my God, that's really yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Are you guys disclosing your like kind of numbers in terms of your investment or your? We, stuff we like don't that typically, really? yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always what everybody wants to know. I know like, what's I the valuation? But, yeah, you know, I, yeah. it's always. I think that's always sensitive for a young brand because, um, you know, you want to hold hold your. Yeah, I don't know. Parents. Maybe it's
1: just because everybody kind of doesn't talk about those things publicly, but. We're proud of our results, for sure.
0: Um, and then I wanted to ask you to tell us a little bit about what it means to be the president of a company like Supergroup um, or any beauty brand. Like, what does the president of the company do?
1: Help everybody else, I think, do their jobs well. Um, I really think of myself as an enabler, a coach, a confidant, a sounding board, all those things. I mean, I always say, like, I don't really do anything all day, right? I'm, I'm there for my team. Uh, and so my my most important job every day is to make sure that we have the best possible people who are motivated, feel like they have the right direction, and then set them free uh, to do what they want to do, but sort of always be there for them. So it's uh, it's really been an incredible journey for me, and I'm really proud of the team that we've built. Uh, and, you know, I'm always kind of thinking six months ahead, 12 months ahead. I mean, I do think that is that is a real job that I have is, is to really say like, okay, where do we want to be in a year from now? Where do we want to be a in year, two, years from now? What is it going to take to get there in terms of talent, resources, doors that I have to figure out how to go open? Uh, I think that's what I spend a lot of time on.
0: What would you say are the three most important leadership qualities um, for anyone who's listening to this podcast as a young person or really in an any age person who might want to be the president of a company? Like what are three things that Make you or anybody well suited to be a president.
1: Listen, you know it's not about you; it's about everybody else. Uh, I'm mean, gonna botch this quote, but I just saw one that was like, you know, as as a leader, you're you're not in charge; you're in charge of the. You're responsible for taking care of the people in your charge. I didn't get that totally right in terms of the words, but, but I like that. But idea the concept that, right. is, you know, a leader is is you know. I think we have so many. Um, Ideas of this person who stands on the stage and just tells everybody, you know, gives these big inspiring speeches and just everybody follows. Like that's not what it's about. It's about really listening. I think, understanding and really caring about people um, as individuals and as their dynamic uh, with as a team. Uh, I think those are really important. But I do think I do think you have to know where you're going. I don't think you you can you can listen and be a good confidant, but if you don't know kind of where you think you need to go from big picture on the other end i think you can um
0: you know lead people astray so i really love (laughs) (laughs) we have to do a simultaneous insta live okay okay got um, it. so that was happening um for those of you listening um okay well i think that that's really amazing and interesting um would you mind telling everybody where they can find you and more information about supergoop
1: Supergoop.com is always the easiest. Our Instagram handle is at Supergoop. So I would I would start there. And if you want to try the per, the product in person, uh, any Sephora store is the best best place to
0: start. Are you guys gonna start a TikTok channel?
1: We talk about it. Uh, I think we're we're watching very carefully. <laughs> uh right now that uh, the audience there is uh, very young. Um, and I think that we're trying, you know, we're a young team and we're trying to figure out like what's that moment of truth we think that Instagram is probably the right place for us at this point but we're certainly watching we talk about it a
0: lot that's funny (laughs) all right well I think TikTok is going to be the next thing but I'm just dying to see how everybody does it because it's so funny yeah there's always an interesting platform to keep your eyes on in this world well thank you so much for being here this has been amazing great to be here